Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I am here to make you laugh. I am here to amuse you. I may or may not be wearing big shoes. But either way, this is Funny Like Clown Podcast. I am your host, Dennis Worth. December 22nd, 2020, episode 91. Here to discuss who may be called the godfather of stand-up comedy itself, Mr. Don Rickles. Legend upon legend. As always, Funny Like Clown Podcast brought to you by G Vegas Buffalo Sauce. That, you hear it? As always, G Buffalo Sauce can be found at www.gvegas.webs.com. And uh, hey, spicy, sweet, savory taste of game time. You watching the game? Yeah, you know, is your team still in the playoffs? They're gonna make the playoffs. Uh, have some buffalo sauce with it, man. Nothing better than some good buffalo wings at game time. What's better, than buffalo sauce? It just might be comedy. Um, whether you can call this a godfather of comedy now, you know, I thought about this. Can you call him the godfather of comedy? I don't know. Can you call him the godfather of stand-up comedy? That might be more accurate because, uh, you know, he said that uh, he got his inspiration from Milton Berle, which I guess, you know, Milton Berle was called Mr. Television because before Milton Berle it was only radio, okay? So you had your Groucho Marxes of the radio world with legends. Then came along TV and Milton Berle, he was the first big television star. But, you know, neither Groucho. Groucho was kind of a storyteller. Milton Berle, he was kind of an entertainer, like a late-night talk show entertainer skit type thing. Now, if you want to talk about straight stand-up comedy, where you stand in front of a microphone and just tell jokes, that's where this guy, Mr. Don Rickles, come in. So he may be the godfather of stand-up comedy itself, where, not comedy, but stand-up comedy, where, you know, the Milton Berles and the Grouchos, you know, they're probably godfathers of comedy. But uh, the godfather of stand-up comedy, where you stand in front of a mic and doing your thing, could just be this guy, Don Rickles. That's up for you to decide. Let's discuss it. Uh, and, you know, uh, kids of today are probably saying, who the hell is Don Rickles? And I'll tell you who the hell he is because, uh, you know, it's it's what area you grew up in. You know, if you ask your parents, say, who's the who's the, the legends of comedy? They'd tell you Groucho Marx, Lucille Ball, Milton Berle. You know, if you ask people my age, who's the, you know, who's the godfathers of comedy? Well, it's probably Carlin and Pryor and Robin Williams. Those are the guy we grew up. If you ask the 20-year-old kids today, they'd probably tell you, well, it's Chris Rock and Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle. So it's all, it's all when you grew up, but you got to pay tribute to the people who came before you. And uh, most of the people, they don't want to learn the history of comedy. They think that's it. What's going on now? That's all that ever happened. Uh, there's the old saying, uh, know your history or you're doomed to repeat it, okay? Um, Don Rickles, known as an insult comic. Which, uh, back then you could be an insult comic. Today where everybody's offended by everything, I'm not so sure you could get away with that. Uh, you know, to, to stand there and just make an art form out of insulting your audience. You know, back then it was all in fun and games, and now you'd walk the room, you know. And what's walking the room, that's where, you know, you start telling jokes and people just get up and walk out. So, you know, you, you can't put insult comic. That's why there's a lot of family places and you can't put blue, com- you know, comedy into family places because you'll walk the room or people just get up and walk out, so... You gotta find your venue where you know that type of comedy will be accepted. Uh, you go up to the big city, a lot of young kids come out and stuff like that. You can get away. They're looking for the dirty comedy. If you're out in the suburbs, you're doing the family places. Well, 
you got to clean it up because that's uh, that's what's expected of you. Uh, starting out in film, going way way back to 1958. How's that for a date? Um, run Silent, Run Deep. Uh, he performed with Clark Gable in 1958. Uh, Kelly's Heroes. He performed with Clint Eastwood in 1970. Casino with Robert De Niro in 1995. Um, hey, if you're a stand-up comedian, how would you like to work with the names of Clark Gable, Clint Eastwood, and Robert De Niro? You think you might be at the top of your game? You just might be, okay? And they said, you know, for all the insults he did, it was all fun, love, and insult. He was actually one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet in your life. It was all in fun, you know, where you think, oh, if you're an insult comic, that makes you a mean guy. And it don't make you a mean person. It's just a... It's a style of comedy where you just poke fun at everything. You know, you know, nothing you say is meant seriously, where if you were saying it seriously, you could be offended, but if you're saying it in context, you're only saying it as a joke, then it shouldn't be taken seriously, but people are taking jokes seriously, where that's not the context you're saying it in nowadays. Uh, let's see, in 1976, he was part of the NBC sitcom CPO Sharky, and in 1972, the Don Rickles show itself. Uh, made a big, big name for himself. Now, if I say he was a Vegas headliner, okay, well, being a Vegas headliner today is so much different than being a Vegas headliner back in the day when, they say when Vegas was Vegas, this was before all the big corporations took over. It was, it was a bunch of hotels, it was a bunch of nightlife, it was a bunch of gambling, it was a really seedy place, okay. That's when Don Rickles headlined it, okay, when the mafia owned Vegas, okay. But uh, they wouldn't even let you in the door unless you had a suit and a tie and your gal was dressed up in her best evening dress of the week. You couldn't just show up in regular clothes like now. Now the corporations took over and it's who's got the biggest, fanciest casino. And it's a big tourist attraction. It's the Disney World of, of, of casinos now, okay. We're back in the day. Back when Don Rickles headlined it, okay. Then that, that was like businessmen and, uh, you know, uh, just... Just, it was a different era, they said, when Vegas was Vegas, before the corporations took over. It was a different era, and, uh, man, he, he was uh, right there with the, uh, you know, the biggest members. Uh, he was a side member of the Rat Pack. Uh, that was because of his friendship with uh, Frank Sinatra. And, uh, you know, the Rat Pack, they owned Vegas back in the day. There's actually a tribute show where, like, like four guys get together and they impersonate each member of the Rat Pack, and it's like such a big hit in Vegas. Where if you never got to see the original Rat Pack, you can still go to Vegas to see the impersonators impersonating the Rat Pack. And uh, who who wouldn't want to go back to that time? You know, I mean, what a magical time that must have been. Uh, let's see. Um, he got a major exposure on the uh, shows, the Dean Martin Show, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, which is the ultimate Tonight Show area. You know, whenever you say, oh, yeah, I was on the Tonight Show, well, what era, okay? Because if you're on the Carson era, that's a much more bigger privilege than being on in any other era. So, uh, The Late Show with David Letterman, um, voiced Mr. Potato Head in the Toy Story franchise, and, uh, that was a cool one for me personally. That was the first, you know, everybody's got that one movie when your kids first start watching movies, when they first, you know, they start talking and they understand what's going on. Well, Toy Story, that was the first movie that my son and me ever really got into together that was like, the first big one that he had to watch over and over and over and over. Put it in, put it in. What do you want to watch? Toy Story, Toy Story, Toy Story. So, to me, that's always going to be a special movie. And uh, I guess he was in the first three. They asked him to come back, you know, for the first two. The third one he was in. He was scheduled to be in the fourth one. Passed away before that. But uh, they asked his family for permission to use some archive footage that they had of the old ones to put in Toy Story 4. So, he was in Toy Story 4. Just it was archive footage of what he had done before because he passed away. So, uh what a, uh, you know, great tribute to him. Um, 
Let's see, uh, 2007, he uh, won a Primetime Emmy for the documentary Mr. Warmth, uh, the Don Rickle Project. And, um, yeah, you know, I used to do a television show, and I used to have a lot of young comics ask me, hey, can you get on your TV show? I'm like, well, it's not that I don't want you, you just, you haven't done enough in comedy yet, you know, where I got anything to, you know, that we could talk about. I mean, you gotta go, you know, do some stuff in comedy first, and I'll have something to interview you about, you know what I mean? This guy, can you imagine interviewing Don Rickles? Just a guy who's done everything in such a elongated career. I mean, uh, you, you know, you, you stick around that long, if your health holds up, and he said, you know, everybody said, why don't you retire? He's like, I'm having fun. The crowds are still loving what I'm doing. Why would I retire? It's such an addictive business. Why would you ever leave it? You know, I mean, if if, if your body will keep up with the, the beating that it puts on you, then, uh, you know, God bless him. He kept doing what he wanted to do. Um... He actually started out as an actor. He was trying to be a dramatic actor. was his dream in life. And uh, he got some small little bits on uh, commercials here and there. But there wasn't a lot of work for him. So discouraged by not getting a lot of work, he figured he'd try out the comedy world in New York, Miami, and L.A. And he actually, he didn't do too great with his, uh, with his material on the um, comedy circuit. When he actually found his niche was when he started responding to hecklers. When somebody would heckle him, and he just had off the top of his head the perfect response to shut the guy up. The, the, the crowds actually loved him, you know, dealing with hecklers more than he loved his actual material. I've had, like, nights like that in comedy where I was actually doing some crowd work, and they were cracking up. Then I went back to my routine, and they're like, no, no, pick on us again, you know. Some crowds show up, they want to get picked on. They enjoy being part of the show, so. If you, if you make the crowd part of the show, uh, that's an art form in itself where... Some people have, you know, their routine that they do, and you got to get to the point where you can do both. you got to feel out your crowd. What do they want that night? You know, what are they responding to? That's why every night's different in comedy, and uh, if it was the same crowd every night, if it was the same night every night, you get bored with it. You never get bored because you never know what you're walking into. You walk into, you feel out the crowd. Can I get them? Can I get them? When you find out what they like, boom, you got them. That's the challenge. Um... Let's see, uh, as an insult comic, um, you know, he engaged the audiences more and made that like a, a bigger part of his actual routine where he cut out a lot of his material that he came up with and started incorporating just messing with the audience more um, because that's what they were <laughs> responding to. Um, he befriended Frank Sinatra at a Miami nightclub and uh, uh, that got him really close. And hey, if you're friends with Sinatra, he's like the top guy on the... <laughs> On the whole scene, the whole Vegas scene, the whole nightclub scene, anywhere, you know, Sinatra was the guy back in the day. So you wanted to get in one of these nightclubs and you got Sinatra telling, hey, get you in there, you are automatically in. So uh, not easy to make a friend like that. So, uh, you know, he did what he had to do and I guess they hit it off. Uh, being friends with him, Frank Sinatra, that got him on the, uh, you know, the Dean Martin celebrity roasts. And these were the original roasts, okay? No, they got every kids. Oh, they got the Comedy Central roast, and they're so good. Well, those don't even come around if it wasn't for the Dean Martin roast, which actually go back to the Friars Club, which was where they had the original roast. Was at the Friars Club. They came up with the whole roast idea, and uh, worked out so people so well. Other people ran with it. Uh, on those celebrity roasts, he was given the nickname Mister Warmth because uh, he'd warm right up to you by insulting you. I guess was the. Uh, was the uh, pun in that joke right? He wasn't very warm to you. He actually gave you a hard time. That's why they called him Mr. Warmth. But again, it was all in a fun-loving manner. And you can go on YouTube and watch these old things where he wasn't really trying to stick it to you, trying to hurt you. He was trying to poke fun at you where, you know, we could all be poked fun at in the same way. It was it was an art form in itself. Uh, 1968, he came out with the uh, comedy album Hello Dummy. And, uh... 
I think it was in the it was day I was in like fifty something I think in the top hundred uh, Billboard charts. Which I mean, you get a comedy album with all the musicians and you're in the top hundred on Billboard charts. Uh, somebody's listening to you. That's quite the accomplishment right there. Uh, how big was he? Uh, hey, growing up, you know, I remember before you know UPN thirty eight went major and you know Fox twenty five went major and they competed with the four five and seven channels. Uh, they were actually like, they did the reruns of 4, 5, and 7. You know, when shows get older, 4, 5, and 7, you catch the reruns on 25 and 38. And the reruns, those are the, you know, the big shows of our parents' time, which were on actual TV. But Don Rickles did guest appearances on some of these shows. Let me know if you heard of them. The Dick Van Dyke Show, The Munsters, The Addams Family, Gilligan's Island, Get Smart, The Twilight Zone, The Andy Griffin Show, Gomer Pyle, and I Dream of Genie. Can you imagine guest starring on some of those shows, just the biggest shows of the time, and they want you on them? Uh, that just makes you, you know, at the top of your game even more. You're a regular in people's households. Uh, speaking of regulars, he was a regular on, uh, semi-regular on Hollywood Squares, which they bring back a lot of game shows. They should bring that one back. That was always a fun show where you played tic-tac-toe where celebrities answered questions. And uh, I guess... Uh, Here's what I didn't know about him. He was actually in a comic book series. Uh, he was in a spinoff of uh, Superman, the Jimmy Olsen comic books. I guess Jimmy Olsen had his own comic book for a little bit of time, and they turned Don Rickles into a comic book character in the Jimmy Olsen comic book. So, uh, hey, there's a fun one if you're doing comedy. Who would want to be in a comic book? I don't know. Hey, maybe someday there'll be a comic book about the child support superhero. That's my character that I do in comedy. Look him up. Uh, let's see. Uh... I guess he, he was probably, well, we'll say that uh, 1985, he was uh, he was asked uh, by Frank Sinatra to perform at uh, Ronald Reagan's inaugural ball. They asked Frank Sinatra if he'd come and perform. He said he'd only do it if he gave some time to Don Rickles, too. How's that for your friend sticking up for you right there? I won't perform for the President of the United States unless you get my buddy on the gig, too, all right? That's friends sticking together and... That's always a cool one, man, because I never really dug, you know. I had a guy like that, and he gave me my break in comedy, and I was indebted to him, and you know. But it was always I remembered him, and he remembered somebody else. And it got to the point where, you know, hey, I believe, you know, friends take care of each other. You know, you take care of me, I take care of you. You, you wash my back, I wash yours. We go into war, we both come out dead, or we both come out alive. There's none of this, you know. I never, I was never a fan of that one-way stuff, and it got to the point where it was one way, so. I guess, uh, you know, it's all how you look at it. It's all, you know, not everybody has to think the way I do. That's why everybody's an individual. But uh, I don't know. To me, you take care of your friends. So hats off for Sinatra for taking care of his friends that's sticking together. And um, uh, Rickles uh, called it the night that he performed for Ronald Reagan. Uh, he came in on short notice. It was all off the top of his head. And he said it was the highlight of his career because he, he knocked it out of the park. Uh, just now off the top of his head, he came up with such genius stuff. Uh, you know, sometimes it's good to go in cold, you know, because stuff you come up with off the top of your head is funnier than anything you can, you can write. They say the real life stuff is so much funnier than anything you can, you can make up. So uh, went in there, just picked on the crowd, did a night of uh, just, uh, you know, just insulting people. That's what he does. You go in there, you insult them half-heartedly, and as long as you're making them laugh, Imagine performing for the president. What an honor that must have been. Let's see, uh, 1990s, he was on Tales from the Crypt. And, uh, you know, for being such an underground show, it was on HBO, it wasn't on a major network. They had such stars on there. Uh, uh, my hero, Sam Kennison, he did a voice work on there. Don Rickles, he did voice work on there. 
had a lot of voice work on Tales from the Crypt, so uh, hats off for that television series getting, you know, being an underground series and getting some of the big names. It's like The Simpsons, you know, they've had on every major name comedian you could think of, The Simpsons. Had. How do you say no to The Simpsons, the longest running cartoon in television history, you know? They come knocking on your door, it's one you, you don't turn down, you know? That's like a comedian saying, do you want to do Saturday Night Live? You don't turn that down, that's where The Godfather started. It's such an honor. Uh, let's see, uh, 1993, he did the short-lived sitcom, uh, Daddy Dearest, it didn't last too long. 1998, he, uh, played Mr. Wilson in the Dennis the Menace, uh, series, I guess, uh, I can see Don, Don Rickles as Mr. Wilson, uh, always getting picked on. Uh, you know, there's a twist, he always picked on people in his act, now he's got a kid picking on him, so <laughs> there's a twist for you. Uh, 1998, uh, he played a theater, theater manager in Dirty Work. And uh, after they did uh, the quest for Camelot, which is also and uh, later on, I got the fans chimed in. A lot of them, a lot of fans uh, mentioned the uh, movie Dirty Work that uh, they were a big fan of his work in that movie. I was a big fan of his work in Casino. I thought, uh, you know, just to see him in Vegas and Mr. Vegas himself, it was just it was perfect. You know, what I mean, it was the perfect role for him, and they knew that, and that's why they put him in there just to to make a movie about the heyday of Vegas, and you know. Put, put, put the guy who was at the top of his game in the heyday of Vegas. It was the perfect fit. Uh, let's see. In 2007, they released a memoir book uh, called Rickles Rules. And uh, I bet he had different rules than everybody else. You play by different rules when you're at the top of your game like that. Um, let's see. Uh, 2007, he had his own HBO documentary. And if they're making documentaries about you in comedy, uh, that's, that's when you're in a big one. Uh, Rumor has it they got a documentary coming out about George Carlin. There's one. I mean, obviously they're gonna do it, but it's like, how do you how do you touch a legend like that? I mean, uh, well, here's how you touch a legend like that when they when they um, 2014 they honored uh, Don Rickles on Spike TV. I think it was 88th birthday. Uh, it was called uh, One Night Only. Uh, it was at the Apollo Theater, the legendary Apollo, where so many great comedians came out of. Uh, Master of Ceremonies, Johnny, uh, did I say Johnny, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, excuse me, uh, monologues by Johnny Depp, Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, uh, John Stewart, David Letterman, Tracy Morgan, Brad Williams, Regis Feldman, Tina Fey, okay, you think the stars didn't come out to pay respect to this guy? This is the guy that paved the way to everybody in my recorded segments by Bob Newhart, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, Bill Cosby, Eddie Murphy, I mean, all the legends of comedy are paying tribute to Don Rickles. And, uh, yeah, Bob Newhart, I guess him um, him and Bob were really tight. They considered each other best friends, and uh, I guess their wives were really close, too. So, But, um, yeah, you know, you, you pay tribute to the people who inspired you and what an honor it is just to be in their presence. Uh, uh, I guess uh, you want to talk about some irony in comedy. Here's some irony for you. Uh, I thought this was a funny one because this is back in the Vegas days, like I said, when... When the Mafia ruled Vegas, and uh, Jay Leno talked about it a little bit, where, you know, it was a different day and age, you know, if the Mafia went to give you money as a comic, because you're broke. Comics, until you make it big, when you're coming up as a comic, you got no money at all. There's no money until you hit it big. That's when you're making money. And, you know, these these Mafia guys, yeah, take some money, take some money. If you take that money, that means they own you. Now when you hit it big, they're expecting something in return. And Jay Leno was always smart enough, you know, when they offered him money, he's like, no, nah, give it to the waitress, I don't want it. And, they actually said the mafia guy, you know, you're a smart person. You don't take money from a guy like me. So he's like, eh, you know, so take us back to that time where 
the mafia owned Vegas. It was all over Vegas. It was that's the way it was. Um, he uh, he befriended a guy named Crazy Joe Gallo at the Copacabana, and uh, I guess Joe was in the audience, and he was a major bigwig in the uh, the underground world, the gangster world, and. I guess they told Rickles, you know, I know it's your act, man. Don't make fun of this guy. He's like a major mafia dude. Well, Rickles went out there and he started ribbing at him anyway. And Joe took it all in fun and he thought it was funny. He didn't get insulted by it. After that, he invited Don Rickles to go to a clam house and have dinner with him. And uh, Rickles uh, declined the offer. I guess he had something else to do. Well, good thing he did because when, uh, when old Joe went to the old clam house, a gunfight broke out and he was killed that night. So... Can you imagine if Rickles had accepted that offer and was with him? He might have got killed too, and we'd have been robbed of so many years of comedy. So there's some karma for you right there. You never know what's going to happen in life. That's why, you know, and it's tough too because you know if you're gonna if you're gonna get up to the top level of comedy, it's a dirty business, and you got to get dirty. But how dirty do you get? Do you get that dirty with the mafia? It's choices you got to make. And they say, you know, Sinatra too it was always rumored he was in with the mafia. So. You don't get you don't get gigs like that unless you're you know somebody man I don't care how big you are you got to pay your dues if somebody wants a piece of it and if you want a piece of it you gotta you gotta pay that price so uh, I remember uh, well referring to the music industry remember Bon Jovi was such a big act well it was uh, you know they made him a big act and all of a sudden who's gonna open for Bon Jovi on the next tour well this little name band called Skid Row nobody knew a Skid Row. Well, you want your break open of a Bon Jovi, we'll give it to you, but we're going to take most of the money. So uh, that that's how you get into gigs like that, okay, where the people above you, they're going to take what you, you work for, and if you, if you don't want to agree to those terms, then you can stay playing local bars in your local town. So that's how it works. Welcome to comedy, folks. It's a dirty business. Uh, let's see. Rickles died of kidney failure April 6, 2017. At his home in Beverly Hills, uh, a month before his 91st birthday. He lived till 91. That's a good life. I can only hope to live that long. I can only hope to live in Beverly Hills someday. Uh, it's only dreams. That's all I have. But, uh, yeah, geez, to remember it. I mean, just, just to be remembered in the, in the same sentence as the Dean Martins and the Frank Sinatras and the Sammy Davis Juniors and the Jerry Lewises. And it was just a different time. It was such a special era. It's an era that'll never happen again. You either had to be there or you didn't, you know. Now, now it's a big corporate world where the corporations took over, and it's a it's a family destination instead of a you know. They used to say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's because it was a big underground destination where now it's turned into a family destination. So it'll never be the Vegas it was where the mafia owned it. And you know, we mentioned the movie Casino. If you want to see what it was like back in the day. Go watch that movie. They did an excellent rendition of what it was then as compared to what it is now, you know. Uh, the 90th Academy Awards honored Rickles in their annual uh, memoir segment. So uh, 90 years of the Academy Awards, 91 years of Don Rickles. Uh, how do you not pay tribute to Mr. Comedy himself? And uh, Let's see. Um, yeah, I mentioned Toy Stories 4. They dedicated that movie to him, and they used some of the archive footage with permission from his family to, to put him in the movie. And uh, I remember uh, Smurfs did that for Jonathan Winters. I guess Jonathan Winters was the voice of Papa Smurf, and he was voicing in some of the movies, too. When he passed away, they dedicated one of the Smurf movies to Jonathan Winters. So what a great tribute to, to tribute to years of works like that. And uh, I'll tell you, my personal story of Don Rickles... Uh, you know, I am, a, I am a comedian, but I love to watch comedy as much as I love to perform it. 
And they got a local casino up here that's close to us. Three-hour drive. Well, two-hour drive. Four hours both ways. Two-hour drive down there. Foxwood Casino. They had a double bill. Don Rickles headlining with Joan Rivers opening. And I'm like, I gotta go see that. I was so busy at work. I was so busy in my personal life. And I'm like, man, I should go. I should go. I want to go. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to skip it this time, and I'll catch them the next time they come around. My dumb ass thinking that Don Rickles and Joan Rivers, they're both in their 80s and 90s. There wasn't going to be a next time around. They're not young and torn, but I didn't think of it at the time. I missed the show. They passed away after that. Never came around again. I regret to this day that I didn't go to that show. What a, what a you know, what a special that night that would have been to see two legends like that, Don Rickles and Joan Rivers together, and I'll never have the opportunity again, and... I regret that decision. My biggest failure in comedy was not going to see that show right there. It wasn't anything that I did. All right. The fans came out to talk about Don Rickles, and why wouldn't you? Because uh, he is such a legend. Um, I remember, yeah, geez, I worked with a 20-year-old kid. He was going out to a comedy show, and I'm like, who are you going to see? And they're actually going to see Don Rickles' son. I was surprised that a 20-year-old kid would know Don Rickles, let alone be enthused to go see Don Rickles' son. So that shows you what a legend he is, that people will pay to see his son, you know, all right, let's see what the fans have to say. Uh, Eugene Max, uh, the David Letterman show in 1990s. Yeah, he was a staple on all those late night shows, man. I mean, I think he had over a hundred appearances on the Tonight Tonight Show with uh, Johnny Carson, David Letterman show. You know, another biggest show of the time he was on there. Uh, Rich Jamison, uh, breaking Johnny Carson's cigar box. That was a good one. Yeah, he uh, Johnny Carson. You know, when you take a night off, Carson every night. You know, you'd have your guest host. Well. He guest hosted for Johnny Carson one night, and he ended up, I don't know who the guest was, but he uh, Johnny Carson had a cigar box on his desk, and he broke it by accident, and he kind of made a joke about it. So the next night when Johnny Carson was on, he saw his cigar, and he's, who broke my cigar box? <laughs> you know, the producer of the show's telling Rickles did it last night. He's like, where is he? He's like, he's across in the studio, across the hall. He's like, can we get over there? Yeah. Cameras followed him around. <laughs> he brought the cigar box across to the Studio B. Bro, Ray Rickles, why, you broke my cigar box? And he's like, oh, geez, I'm saying, they made a big skit out of it, but it was just so perfect off the top of the head, both of them just, you know, going like that. And uh, that that was like uh, one of the classic moments everybody remembers. It ain't often Johnny Carson will walk off his own set in the Studio B to approach somebody like that. I guess that was why it was remembered, but... Uh, Cole Young, uh, Lyle Depp on the Dick Van Dyke show, and yeah, he guest starred Dick Van Dyke. That was one of the biggest comedies of the time, and he got the guest star on it, and, you know, uh, that's when you're at the top of the game. When the top shows of the time, you know, watch on the show, that's when, that's when, uh, you can say you've, you've reached your niche. Uh, Billy Bongo Dennis, uh, saw him live at the Westbury, two rows from the stage, fantastic, and, I guess that's what I would have uh, experienced had I chose to go see him instead of, I'll catch a 90-year-old guy the next time he comes around you. See, I can be a dumbass, too. Everybody can be a dumbass in life. That was one of my dumbass moments right there. Uh, Larry Sorez, uh, the last time he interrupted the Frank Sinatra interview on The Tonight Show. and um, <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't afraid to insult anybody, okay? He was on The Tonight Show. He'd insult Carson. He'd insult Sinatra. That was what he did, and you waited for it, you know? They didn't care how big of stars they were. They thought it was funny. They knew what he did, and they loved every second of it. Louis Pablon, uh, Dirty Work. Uh, he was flawless. Such an underrated comedy. That was the movie that we spoke about there that he played the theater manager. And uh, what a tribute to him. Rob Stibble chimes in that he loved that movie as well. Uh, let's see. So funny. I heard Arnie Lang on a podcast talking about how Don Rickles... 
had them dying of laughter. They couldn't keep a straight face, so they used the scene uh, with them holding in the laughter. And yeah, when you're on set and these guys are cracking you up, it's funny to you just like it is any fan, you know? So, uh, Steve Bethello, when he called Artie Lang a baby gorilla, that was, that was one of his, you know... See, there's an insult. You call somebody a baby gorilla... What's to be offensive? Kids nowadays, hey man, that's offensive towards gorillas. Gorillas can be an endangered species. You can't make fun of gorillas. It would lighten up, man. You know, everybody's offended by something. Uh, Mark Zemidia. Any of his appearances on the Dean Martin Celebrity Roasts? Yeah, those were the roasts of the time. That was back when, you know, when you ribbed somebody and you did it cleverly rather than dirtily. You know, dirtily. Is that a word, dirtily? Rather than do it in a dirty way, okay? Where, you know, everybody's looking for the edgy thing. Back then you were looking for the, you know, the clever way to make fun of somebody. And those Dean Martin roasts, like I said, they're the, they're the legends of roast themselves. That's all. You, you don't get the Comedy Central roast of today if there wasn't for the Dean Martin roast of yesterday at the Friars Club. Lisa Gary Hignan, any appearance on The Tonight Show? Over 100 appearances, man. They don't ask you back unless you're wanted. Unless the fans want you there, you don't get the invite back. He got invited back over 100 times. Somebody liked him. Casey Wayne Smith, Dirty Work Again. Uh, Chris uh, Shapasky, I saw him twice on stage last time in Vegas. Uh, he had a Sunday night show uh, so cheap bastards could come in on a Sunday. Yeah, because if you're working Friday and Saturday, the big night nights, then uh, you work for a little less money, you know, on a Thursday or Sunday because it's an off night, they call it. So. I guess, you know, if you can't afford the big money night, then you go see an off night and you're paying a little less because it's uh, costing you a little less. And that's a good point, you know. I'm a fan of Andrew Dice Clay's. I've seen him uh, I've seen him once at a small, geez, when he was when he was uh, going through his divorce there. He was playing a, he was playing a small grill out, um, geez, in Andover. It was a Grill 93. I went to see him there. And it was so weird seeing him like in such a small setting like that. Uh, put on a heck of a show. I've seen him at the Wang Theater, which is a big theater type setting. Uh... Then when I went to Vegas, I saw him at the Laugh Factory, and it's definitely different seeing him in Vegas than it is seeing him, you know, it's it's the same show, but it's just different atmosphere when you're in Vegas. What a special time Vegas is. Frank Santarelli from The Sopranos. Uh, Kimmel tries to get him for years, and he refuses. Uh, finally, he says yes. He gets a standing ovation. Applause dies down. He says, Jimmy, I gotta say, I never liked you. <laughs> Hilarious moment, so... I guess he wasn't a fan of Jerry Kim, Jimmy Kimmel's comedy, but finally he decided to go do the Jimmy Kimmel show. And uh, what a legend, man. What else can you say about Don Rickles? I mean, you know, the godfather of stand-up comedy, you might just call him that because uh, you don't get much further than that. Like I said, you can go back to Milton Berle and Groucho Marx, but they were entertainers. They didn't get in front of a mic and just do joke after joke. They were more skit entertainers, storytellers. You want to talk about a guy getting in front of a mic and telling jokes? Don Rickles, the godfather of comedy. Who's the godfather of podcasts? I don't know, but I'm having fun doing mine. This is Funny Like Com Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Worth. Um, yeah, man, we had on some Boston legends from comedy. we got a few more coming on. If not, we'll keep discussion of the legends of comedy like we did today. Till then, keep laughing, keep telling jokes, because laughter is the best medicine. Go to work today, tell somebody yoke, laugh together. Good night, folks. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.